This is the Inside Slant Football Podcast. And here we go, here we go. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Broadcasting around the world. Around the world. We have the latest on KU recruiting, analysis, and what the coaches and players are saying behind the scenes. Here are your hosts, Randy Withers and John Kirby. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Randy Withers back with another pregame edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com and back with another week of winning streaks from the Kansas football Jayhawks. We are now in, we're 4-0, so technically we're in the fifth week of this with the Slant podcast and, you know, my man John Kirby and I, I think we're going to have to take some credit for this, for the fact that things have started off as well, because you know we're rolling and so are the Jayhawks, so we're going to try to keep the momentum going. The Hawks are 4-0 for the first time since 2009, coming off a big win over Duke in Lawrence on a picturesque Saturday with a sellout crowd in Memorial Stadium. We've got another great show for you this week. We're going to look back at the win over the Blue Devils. We're going to preview the matchup this Saturday with Iowa State for homecoming. We're going to give you a great look ahead at the Cyclones with our guest Bill Seals, who is the publisher of the Iowa State Rivals site, the Cyclone Report. We're going to give our predictions, and we are going to talk recruiting as well. Before we get into all that, let me bring in my buddy and the publisher of Jayhawk Slant, the man himself, Mr. John Kirby. JK, how you doing? Randy, what's going on, man? Did you have a good time at the game? I did. Man, that was it, it it was it was a little toasty. I think we've all talked about that. It was a little warmer maybe than anybody expected, but man, the atmosphere was unbelievable. And it's been you know this just as well as I do. It's been a long time since it felt like that Memorial Stadium. Hey, listen. You know it's funny, Randy. You talk about. I, I knew you were going to the game and 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 making a day of it. But I, I wrote an article. I put it up yesterday. I, I interviewed Jason Booker. You know the associate athletic director. And yes, sir. Th- they talked about. You know he talked about in my articles about just the things they're doing right with concessions mm-hmm. and all the changes they're making. And you know they're listening to people and they're doing what they can. You know you're listen. It, Memorial Stadium is still a it's a structure that was built years ago. It's just not set up and it's not designed to handle 47,000 people and, and have everybody, you know, taken care of at one time and with concessions and things like that. But, you know, it's interesting when you said it was toasty. I keep thinking now, cause he said they're going to have hawkers, you know, guys that walk up and down aisles now with, with, mm-hmm. you know, beverages and, and water. And I, and I don't know if the, if the beer is in that or not, but I know they're going to have <laughs> more, they're going to have more beer troughs, you know, and, and things set up. And, and, you know, he talked about, you can bring in a, an unopened bottled water that you can refill. It, it just made me think when you said toasty, you know, they're trying to do what they can to make sure that the fans enjoy that experience. And, and they've made a lot of nice adjustments over the last couple of games. Oh, no question. And and that's the thing. I mean, they, you could see there was a lot of effort and they continue. They're doing a great job of listening too. I mean, they are, they're reaching out, they're doing surveys, they're finding out about people's experiences and they're trying to continue to adapt on the fly. 
the one thing that they really couldn't do anything about was the fact that, you know, I rolled into Lawrence, I think it was 7.30 Saturday morning. The fog was so thick, there was maybe 100-yard visibility as we're running, rolling in off 23rd Street, I mean, off K-10 onto 23rd, and it was probably 55 degrees. By 11 a.m. when kickoff came, it was in the 80s. I don't know how that happened. That was the one thing that KU Athletics couldn't control. And even that, I mean, it was still a sunny, beautiful day. It was just a little warmer, I think, than any of us would have liked. But, man, it was – when you talk about the game on the field, John, that was it was a heck of a lot of fun on Saturday. Hey, listen, you, you said the the podcast is on a roll, the Jayhawks are on a roll. I got to tell you who else is on a roll. It's our it's our guys that are sponsoring the podcast again, team mm-hmm. team driven fundraising dot com. Remember that if anybody out there has a team or needs fundraising, team driven fundraising dot com. It was hilarious this morning. He he reaches out to me. He's a good subscriber. He posts on our board and he mm-hmm. says, "Hey, I'm in for another episode." He goes, "I don't want to mess up the winning now." So, so, so he sponsored what like three or four of our last podcasts and now the Jayhawks are winning and I think he said hey let's keep it going I'm good for another sponsorship of a podcast so hey if the Jayhawks keep winning we got a sponsor I think so absolutely and you know hey thanks again to Houston Hawk and to a team driven fundraising for keeping that mojo going and also for supporting what we're doing here with the Inside Slant podcast you know I I always say If you're listening to the podcast, we're excited to have you, but share it with a friend. Tell your friends that are KU fans about the best Kansas podcast that you're going to find anywhere. The most in-depth coverage of KU football and KU basketball that you're going to find is right here on the Inside Slant. So don't keep it to yourself. Share it with your friends that are are Kansas fans. Share it all across the country. We want to get as many people listening to this thing as possible at the same time. If you're listening to the podcast right now and it's, you know, you're like, wow, there are a lot of passionate and loyal Kansas fans all throughout the Midwest and throughout the country listening to this podcast that might be interested in supporting my business. Reach out to Kirby or I. Let's have a conversation about how you can get involved and how you can support everything that we're doing here on a weekly basis. John, like I said, the atmosphere for the game against the Blue Devils last Saturday, it was I mean, it was literally as good as as it was. It was a picturesque fall Saturday, and it was the it's a perfect setting to come into a game three and zero and to move on to four and zero. Looking at the win over the Blue Devils, what do you take away from it? Yeah, hey Randy, it was great to see the stadium pack like that. It really was. Mm-hmm. It, you know, sitting in the press box, I, I put out a photo of what the stands look like, and I I don't remember it last time I've seen it that full. Well, I, I do. It's probably when Kansas State came to ca- town and they brought twenty thousand people. So good point. You know, yes. <laughs> but you know, the, hey, the players deserve it. The fans deserve it. People who follow the program deserve it. Um, you know, I like what I saw from the Jayhawks. I like what I saw from Duke. I I like Duke. I mean, Duke's kind of a uh, a fun team that will be interesting to follow. I think they're a physical Agreed. team. They didn't quit, you know. And, and they've and got a quarterback. They, you know what they do? They, they've got a guy who I think is a pretty good football coach that's running that show, and I think they're going to be a pretty good football program. And, you know, Elko's kind of a tough defensive guy, and I take I think they take on his persona. But, you, mm-hmm. you know, Randy, something that, that stood out to me, and maybe the Duke game is tied into some of the other games, but – 
you know, KU fell behind by 14 twice to West Virginia. They fell behind by 14 to Houston. And then in this one, they got they got out in front and they stayed there. But then Duke made it interesting at the end, okay? I yes. like the fact that KU is playing in some of these different games where they're in different scenarios where they're finding ways to win, and they're all kind of a little different. And that may pay off here down the road, or it may pay off this weekend because they have been in some tight games. They've had to come from behind to win games. They've had to hold teams off to win games. So they're kind of in that situation where they're understanding, you know, different scenarios of every game. Um the defense, you know, I, I'd like to see the Jayhawks tighten up a few things here and there. I think of Duke, course. Duke had about 450 yards um, from the Duke game. I mean, Jalen Daniels. I mean, how good is the guy? I mean, what, 300? He's a Heisman candidate for a reason, well, John Curtis. There's no doubt. There's no <laughs> doubt. And, you know, Randy, when they do it once in West Virginia, you're like, okay, hey, that was just kind of a flash in the pan. They, well, it's they, like, hey, that was fun. Well, you they know, caught West Virginia. Story of the year. Well, you're like, they caught West Virginia off guard. They they ran the option. They had the quarterback run game. West Virginia mm-hmm. hadn't seen it, but then they go to Houston, okay, and do the same thing. And then they uh-huh. come back home against Duke and do the same thing. And now, at some point, I think people are starting to understand this is not a fluke, okay? The, they're legit. This offense is good. And Jalen Daniels is really good. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, over like a ninety-two point grade, ninety-two point zero on his pro pro football focus, his PFF grade. Um, it's just unbelievable where 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 those numbers are that he's putting up right now. Hey, I, I got another stat from you. I, I know Reese Vernon had a punt in the game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jalen Daniels also had a punt in the game. Yes, he yeah. did. I love quick kicks. Oh my god, I was so excited when that hey, happened. <laughs> so, so you know, Jalen Daniels, man, he's 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 the Heisman that can punt, but no doubt. So Reese Vernon, the punter for KU, is averaging forty-four yards a punt. Okay, mm-hmm. so I want to. Th- I say it was Sunday morning, so maybe Monday morning. I go on to the NCAA website because I want to see where he ranks at forty-four yards a punt. Yeah. Well, he's not listed. I'm looking back, I go down, I I see 44.2, and I see 43.9, and I go, Vernon's not here. Well, I go back, do you know how many times he's punted this year? Not enough to qualify? Five. Oh my God, he, really? He has, <laughs> he, he has punted five times this year. So I'm He assuming, literally has a handful of attempts, is all he has in right. four weeks. I mean, he's barely averaging a punt a game. Think about that. When is the last time you can think, not just KU, anybody through four games that their punters punted five times. So it was hilarious. That sounds like a Bama thing. It yeah, really I mean, does. Yeah, but Bama punts. I mean, geez. Hey, KU doesn't punt. Saban Bama loves does. to punt. You're right. Yeah. Damn. So, hey, listen, it was a good win. And, um, you know, there, like, you know, Lance Leipold said today, uh, you know, or Tuesday, there's some things to clean up. Uh, Brian Borland said, there's some things to clean up defensively. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. The games are going to get tougher. But, you know, again, it's a win. I think it was against a quality opponent. And it was fun to see the booth packed. No question. No question. It seems like, you know, John, it seems like we're, we're kind of in this mode. You know, we saw it, you know, beat. You know, we win the first game, which is basically a non-con, turn, you know, tune-up game, almost a preseason game, really. Go on the road to West Virginia. It was a much bigger game, and and win that one in just amazing fashion in overtime. Go to Houston, 
have to prove, okay, going on the road against a quality team that was in the, ranked in the top 25 before the season started, got to prove it and blow their doors off. Come home, beat Duke. It seems like we're in this sequence, John, where every week the game is the games are just getting bigger and bigger. And now this squad will face a really good Iowa State team in Lawrence on Saturday for homecoming. And we have a great preview of the Cyclones. I'm going to go ahead and turn this over to John, who's on the studio line, where Kirby welcomes our buddy Bill Seals, who is the publisher of the Rivals Iowa State site, Cyclone Report. I'm going to welcome in Bill Seals, who is the publisher of Cyclone Report, covering Iowa State sports on the Rivals.com network. Bill, how you doing? I'm great, John. How about yourself? Well, we've got what's shaping up to be a pretty big Big 12 football game. Maybe a few weeks ago, three to four weeks ago, I don't know that we would have been saying that like this is now. But, uh, you know, i got to ask you, you know, Iowa State, first loss of the year to Baylor. What's kind of the mood of the team and the program after that loss? Well, it's going to be an interesting dynamic, I think, uh, this weekend. Iowa State certainly does not want to go 0-2 to uh, open the season so you, you kind of got that going into this and then also Kansas maybe a uh, feeling disrespected a little bit not being in that top 25 so I think you're going to have a Kansas team certainly not resting on its laurels either but uh, back to Iowa State uh, the, the, the Baylor uh, game I, I think uh, you know maybe brought up some areas I think that this team could uh, certainly work on. Um, I will say uh, on both sides of the ball, really, uh, defensively, uh, this was an Iowa State team that was really hitting on all cylinders coming into this game and for the first time kind of exposed by a a Baylor team that was able to kind of establish some balance and uh, get the ground game going. We hadn't seen an opponent do that to an Iowa State defense uh, this season, and you go all the way back to to next or to last year on that. So, um, and then also uh, in the play action game that we saw that ground game set up some things that Blake Shapen was able to do, and then you know maybe not the discipline that we've seen out of this Iowa State defense either, kind of getting sucked in and and buying into uh, to some of that uh, th- that motion there and. On the offensive side of the ball, that, that third quarter against Baylor, I, I think, uh, was the, the difference maker in that game. And we've seen that, really, with the Cyclones from, from time to time over the last uh, several years. It's been a, a unit that, yeah, they put up uh, big yardage, big points, but there are points in the game where they can kind of stagnate and hit some lulls. They did that, uh, had a chance to take the lead early in the second half against the Bears and uh, have a interception and some three and outs that really determined that game I felt so a lot of things to to look at on the film coming out of that one and it's going to be a hungry bunch I think heading down to Lawrence this weekend you know Bill I want to start on kind of on the offensive side specifically something I didn't think I'd ever say but there's no Brock Purdy (laughs) I don't know it feels like Brock Purdy was there for nine years but you know when I look at the Iowa State offense you know they don't seem to have that that big time running back that they've had. They don't seem to have a dangerous tight end, and you'll probably correct me if I'm wrong. But just t- tell me about the offense, the makeup of it, and a little bit about Deckers. Yeah, the, the, the schematically, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference really from what we've seen. Um, 
with Deckers, obviously not the experience that you had with a four-year starter in Purdy. Um, Hunter did play uh, several games. I think seven games he had played coming off the bench uh, coming into this season. Two of those had come against Kansas. I think each of the past two years he has gotten some time in those games. So um, every showing every bit the, the efficiency – well, I shouldn't say efficiency. I should say the, the completion percentage – uh, is is at a high level, seventy one and a half percent coming into this one, completing them at a at a high rate, uh, but a ten to six inter- uh, touchdown to interception ratio. So you know maybe some plays that he'd like to have back, but that that could be expected with any first year uh, starting quarterback. But one one thing we have seen with Deckers is he can really push the ball uh, down the field and stretch that uh, stretch a defense. And Xavier Hutchinson coming back, he's kind of been the alpha for Iowa State at the wideout spot for a few years now. He's putting up some nice numbers, targeted 13 times again uh, last week against Baylor, had eight catches out of those 13. And then also Jalen Noel, a name out of there, uh, Park Park Hill, uh, Missouri. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Former uh, um there, he's... He kind of came into his own in that uh, game against Baylor. And Dimitri Stanley, a grad transfer out of uh, Colorado, it's been a nice boost. Uh, you mentioned in your, your question about the tight ends. I'm not going to correct you. Uh, you're certainly not wrong there. They have not had uh, the production there from the tight end position so far this year. And, and you know, it's not even really been as much that the, the production's down, certainly, but uh, what so many of those guys brought, especially uh, Chase Allen and even Dylan Stainer a, a year ago, um, was the blocking on the on the uh, in the run game and the pass game, and even in that category, Iowa State not getting a whole lot of help around that offensive line uh, from the tight ends yet uh, yet so far this season. Jared Russ may be the exception there. He has been one that uh, has really kind of done the dirty work behind the scenes. But uh, in an, an Iowa State offense, without the big play uh, ability of Brees Hall, uh, Brock, Jirel Brock has broken a couple this year. But really, the, the like the, the uh, top-end speed, not what uh, Brees Hall has. And this is an Iowa State team that's going to need to sustain, I think, some longer drives and uh, grind out some some uh you know get put some points on the board by uh, grinding out some drives you know moving over to the defense i know they're still on the three-man front you know talk a little bit about what you've seen from the defense and maybe who are some of their best players to watch there well will mcdonald i'll start with him up front a defensive end they're starting to line him up in a number of different spots there he even comes up over the the uh, guard over the center on a few occasions they're trying to do what they can to maybe free him up a little bit to make some plays he's only got a uh, one and a half sacks here through four games and this is a this is a guy who is uh, now two and a half shy of tying uh, Von Miller for the the conference's all-time sack marks so uh, certainly noteworthy that he is off to a little bit of a slow start. Uh, if they can get him going and get that pass rush going, um, that even frees some things up on the opposite end. We've seen some good things out of MJ Anderson, who was uh, a transfer from Minnesota, originally out of the St. Louis, uh, Missouri area. Um, in the, the second level, 
Yeah, they did lose Mike Rose, lost Jay Cummel, but uh, some experienced guys have stepped in there. And Orion Vance, he was already a multi-year starter. He stays stays put there at the Mike position. But uh, we've seen Gary Vaughn played a lot of games as a reserve, step in at the will, and then Colby Reader. I had mentioned a little bit in my. Uh, my piece back to, to you for uh, uh, Jayhawks land is uh, at the Sam position. He stepped in for Rose and, and really made a huge impact in those first, uh, first three non-conference victories. We saw him uh, a little more vulnerable than we had, had seen yet uh, against uh, Baylor as he kind of uh, got sucked up in on some of those uh, play action uh, passes and Baylor was able to pop Iowa state uh on the boundaries for some big gains in, in that game. And then on the back end, really a, a young, uh, as far as uh, classes, I, w- I would say they're, they're young, but, uh, but gaining some pretty good experience on the outside, Miles Purchase and TJ Tampa uh, grading out uh, really well at the corner positions. But uh, the safeties, a young group uh, there, Anthony Johnson, uh, he is a veteran senior senior that moved from corner to safety. Uh, great tackler in open space. And then Bo Frailer, uh one who got ejected for targeting on that first series against Baylor. He'll be back in there. Uh, he's a, only a true sophomore. And then we've seen a, a redshirt freshman, uh, Malik Verdon, um, slotting into that other uh, starting spot as Iowa State kind of has that uh, three high safety look. So some uh, some youth back there uh, in the, the, the uh, defensive backfield for Iowa State. You know, Bill, they've always Iowa State's always traveled well, and and we we've always joked about it. The Big Twelve basketball tournament you see, and they've always traveled well to the football games. What's your sense this weekend? What do we see from the Iowa State fans in the stands? Well, I think uh, certainly that that uh, looks to be the case again. Uh, maybe not a, maybe not as many t- uh, tickets or or. Uh, uh, reasonably priced tickets on StubHub I'm seeing as in, as in past years. So I think it's going to be a lively atmosphere and um, Iowa state uh, probably travel uh, as well as, as well as they usually do. But uh, I think Kansas fans are really going to show out too. And this is going to be a, a fun atmosphere uh, uh, down there on Saturday. All right. I'm going to wrap this one up, man. Last question. How do you see this matchup and maybe how it plays out? Well, I, I, as they say, uh, uh, good defense can stop good offense. And I think Iowa State with this defense, they're going to be hungry uh, coming into this one after uh, kind of getting exposed on a few occasions against a, a, a balanced offense in Baylor. Uh, the Cyclones still, even with that uh, effort last Saturday, rank uh, number one in the conference in, in scoring defense, total defense, uh, pass defense, and run defense. So they're going to be hungry to uh, get after it there Saturday. Uh, obviously, uh, Jalen Daniels uh, is, is going to be one to contend with. He didn't play in that game last season in Ames, but uh, as we've seen with that 3-3-5 defense, uh, mobile quarterbacks can hurt them from time to time, and, and they're going to need to spy Daniels and and uh, keep contain on him. But I, I do think that Iowa State, this defense is going to is, is uh, 
probably the best one that Kansas ha- has seen so far this season. And I think in the end that wins out and Iowa State's able to uh, to do enough, get some balance, uh, some longer uh, drives on offense, maybe control the, the flow and the rhythm a little better than, than they did last week against Baylor and, and come out with a, a one-score victory on the road uh, at Kansas. Well, I think the guys in Vegas, last I saw it, had Iowa State by three, so obviously they're uh, they're calling for a close game, and Bill Sills calls for a close game there, so I think we're going to have a fun one on Saturday. Yeah, I think so too, John. Going to be great to see you down there too, by the way. Absolutely. Hey, Bill, thanks for joining us, man, and definitely look forward to talking to you again in the future. Sounds good, John. Have a good one. All right, one. you too. That's a fantastic preview of the Cyclones and a lot of insight there from Bill. Now, as we turn our attention to this game, Kirby, give me your breakdown. How do you see this matchup for Kansas against Iowa State, and how do you see this thing playing out on Saturday? Yeah, Randy, this is a tough game to read, okay? Um, I mean, I still think Iowa State's a good team. I know they lost to Baylor. I think Baylor is the most physical team in the Big 12. And, Agree. And, and by saying that, that what I mean is they're hard to read, it's because it's hard to judge Iowa State. The only two games I've seen them play are against Iowa, who, again, is a big, strong, physical football team, and yep. Baylor. So it's hard to judge Iowa State. You're, you're like, okay, who are they? What are they? Well, when you look at them against those two teams, you know, those two teams are probably a lot more physical than Kansas. So it's mm-hmm. hard to, to, to figure that out. I do think that Iowa State will come down, and I think they'll have a pretty good defensive plan. I, I get a sense, just the feel, the yards will be a little harder to come by. I think Iowa State, they mm-hmm. run that three three five stack. Heath Hawk is a great defensive coordinator. And I'll tell you, one of the things I am looking forward to is the cat and mouse game between Kotelnicki and Heathcock. You are talking about a really good OC against a really good DC. And Uh these guys are going to, it's going to be a chess match for sure. You know, Matt Campbell said something. I heard his press conference and, and Bill touched on it too. You know, they're a young defense and they said that Baylor running the motions and doing some of the things they had, kind of had Iowa State off balance, okay? Uh-huh. Well, I'm telling you this right now. If that's the case and they haven't been able to adjust and pick those things up, they're going to have trouble at times with the KU offense because no KU runs more sets, more motions. They give you more look than I, I – I can't imagine a team that motions and gives you more looks right now than KU does. So – the KU motion game is strong. So if Iowa State struggled against Baylor with that, they'll have their hands full against KU. Listen, I, I know K, I know Iowa State has some good players on offense. Um, you know, I was looking at their PFF numbers, trying to gauge their offensive line. And like I said, Baylor and Iowa are tough teams to judge. I think these two teams are fairly even. I really do. I expect another good crowd, 75 and sunny. You know, Randy... I get this feel. I have parallels following this team right now that I did in 2007. Okay. Oh now boy. That, now that 2000. Oh, John Kirby. Well, hold on. <laughs> no, hold on. I, I'm not saying they're as good as a 2017, and I'm not saying they're going to be playing in a BCS bowl game. Okay. Okay. But what okay. I'm saying is there is a feeling of parallel because what happened was in 2007. 
we went week by week and we and we went golly is this team that good right i mean they opened up against uh-huh. central michigan and uh oh gosh i can't even remember the defensive end uh, jj watt was on that team and antonio yes, brown antonio brown was and, and the, and in the, the quarter for that game yeah the quarterback was a returning all conference guy and i mean they, they were they were supposed to be really good and that I want to say that game was like 52-7 or 52 nothing. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. It was bad, okay? Yeah, and then it was the next 52-7. Week, we blew them apart. And then the next week, and then the next week, and then they go to K-State, and they knock off K-State in Manhattan, okay? And then you start going, okay, is next week the week they lose? No. Mm-hmm. Is next week? Well, that's what people are kind of doing with this Kansas team right now. It's like, oh, wow, they beat West Virginia. Oh, boy, they got to go to Houston. Oh, they win. Hey, they got a tough team, you know, in Duke coming. Hey, now you got a tougher team in Iowa State coming. So my point is, is it has a feel of 2007 where back then you just kept waiting for maybe things to unravel. You're like, oh boy, and it, and it really never did. You know, I mean, it uh-huh. it it really just kept going. They kept finding ways to win. So th- this is how I'm viewing this game. Okay, until KU stumbles. And proves to me they're not going to win. I'm picking them to win. I'm going to ride the wave of what they're doing, what they're showing right now. And Mm -hmm. until they lose, I'm riding the Jayhawks wave. So I'm going to come up with this one. I'm going Jayhawks 31, Iowa State 28. Give me yours. John, it's funny. You and I keep coming up with we'll have a similar number. I've got... Iowa State putting up 28 on the Kansas defense. But I've got the Jayhawks winning by 10. 38-28, KU wins on homecoming. Their second Big 12 win of the year. And a game that, I believe, moves them into the top 25 in the country. I see this when I'm with you. I think that the Kansas offense is one of the most diverse attacks in the country. Andy Kotelnicki is the mad scientist putting everything together in the ways they attack and they, that they, like, so I, I love coaches that formation people to death and motion you all over the place to get the matchups that they are looking to exploit. He has proven already to be a wizard at that, and Jalen Daniels is, Jalen Daniels is the hottest quarterback in the country. I I think you could make a case that there is not a player right now that is playing any better than him at the quarterback position in the nation. And I don't see that changing. I I see this, you know, hey, this is the next step. You know, when I was when I was coaching, Grunny always had a great saying. Tim Grunhardt always said that every week the tightrope that you're walking gets a little higher. It's a little higher off the ground, a little higher off the ground. And if you just stay focused on the weekly business instead of thinking, wow, we've got so far to fall, being focused on the work at hand, it's not nearly as daunting or you don't feel the pressure as a team and as a program. I think Lance Leipold and his staff are going to do a tremendous job of insulating this squad and this program against the hype and against the talk. They're going to come out prepared and they are going to match Iowa State physically. I think there are going to be some times defensively where they're going to have some problems with them, obviously. But like I say, I've got them winning this one 38-28. I think it's going to be a fantastic Saturday in Lawrence. Well, you, you said something about insulating and, you know, being around the the program, being around the staff this week. Yeah. You know, 
it's been interesting because they, they talk to them and they say, what do you guys look at, you know, down the road or being in the top 25? And they're like, we don't care. We don't, we don't care. It, it, I've hey, seen hey. those quotes, well, John. The, have you ever had, have you ever had anybody say anything like that to you? Well, yeah, Mangino was like that a lot. You know, okay. Mangino was a big focus on task at hand, worry about the the following game when it gets there. I mean, he was he Good was point. big into that, okay? But 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 these guys are, hey, we don't care about this thing. Hey, if we get in the top 25, we're in the top 25. Hey, the the you know, the future down there's some tough games coming down. They're like, "Hey, we don't care about that. We're playing Iowa State. We'll deal with everything else." So, you know, when you said insulate, I think that they've done a great job of getting the message to the guys that the most important game on the schedule is coming this Saturday. John, you talk about this Saturday. Looking back to the last Saturday, there were over 70 recruits on the sideline before the game to watch the Jayhawks warm up to take on Duke in, in what was a, you know, obviously a battle of unbeaten teams. Let's you know, let's talk about the impact of a 4-0 start on recruiting. Tell us about the reaction that you're hearing when you're reaching out to these kids and checking in with them after they've been on campus. And, and what do you expect this weekend for the Iowa State game? Yeah, Randy, you know, re- recruits are taking notice, okay? The, the, the 4-0 start has started to have an impact on recruits. There's no doubt. Oh. Lance Leipold, I asked him about it, and he said, yes, they're noticing it in the on the phone conversations and things like that. I notice it on reactions of recruits when I talk to them. I notice it, you know, all of a sudden now when you when you reach out to a recruit and they know you're with the KU site, all of a sudden the responses come back a little quicker. Right? Isn't it funny how that works? I mean, so, so you know, Randy, now I will say I, I do think the biggest impact that this will have right now is on 2024 recruits. Agreed. I still, I still think it could play in with some of the 2023 guys and maybe some of the portal guys when that time comes. Okay. And maybe not with the portal guys because portal guys may be looking at the program going, man, can I go there and play? Right? Exactly. Because now, That's a really good point. All of a sudden, when you start winning, the the thing they could sell to portal guys is you can come here and play. Now portal guys go, well, you're returning this guy. You're returning this guy from a X amount win team. Maybe I can't play there. So, uh, mm-hmm. Hey, it was a, it was a great list. Uh, uh, Tony Terry was there, uh, defensive lineman. He's committed. Talked to him. Great. He had a great time. Logan Brantley came in from Cherry Creek High School, who's committed. Uh, Kyle Rakers, a defensive end from Dowling Catholic in Iowa, is a 2024 guy. He had a good time. Talked to Mason Goldman last night, offensive lineman, 2023 from Nebraska, who mm-hmm. I'll have some good comments from him. A new offer out. Caden Massey, an offensive lineman from Linden, Kansas. Um, yep. And I'm, I'm I'm trying to confirm he may be coming back again. Uh, B.J. Kennedy, he's he's becoming a fixture at some KU events. He's visited for both home games already. He's going to be one of the top prospects in the state in the 2024 class. Red Martell, a running back out of Beggs, Oklahoma, 2024 guy. David Dossett, wide receiver out of Lee Summit, 2024. Uh, uh-huh. a, a new offer, 2025. Jaden Woods, defensive end from Mill Valley. He's yes. going to be special. Okay, uh-huh. he, he is going to be a player. And then his teammate was there, and I think he is a guy that's going to get some offers here fairly soon. Gus Hawkins, 6'8", 240, just made the transition to O-line. Basketball player, really good athlete, good feet. Uh, Darren Conley was there, 
brother of Quentin Conley, who's currently uh-huh. on the KU roster now. He just uh-huh. picked up an offer from Vanderbilt uh, out of Pembroke Hill. A uh, couple guys from Bellevue West in Nebraska, Daniel Kalen and Davon Hall. Uh, Kalen's a quarterback and Hall's a wide receiver. They both have offers. Kean Payne, a defensive end from McCoynis, was there. I'll have some comments from him on Thursday. Uh, had a chance to catch up with him. So, I mean, th- there were other guys. Um, somewhere around here I have a list, and, you know, there are other guys, and I, I hope I'm not missing key names. I probably am, but that just kind of gives you a snapshot of the type of guys that were there. A lot of guys with KU offers. Uh, some guys that just left with offers. I mean, that might be one of the biggest groups I've seen on campus that hold an offer. Um, upcoming for the Iowa State game, I'm hearing Tony Terry may come back. Uh, a pretty good group of committed kids. Keaton Kubeka, wide receiver out of Texas. Blake mm-hmm. Harold, defensive lineman out of Iowa. Taylor Davis, safety out of Houston. Uh, Kazen Wiseman, the quarterback. He he put on Twitter, he's, he's coming home. He's, he's yep, he's excited. Yeah, you can he, tell. He's going to be there. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to follow up, but I hear Caden Massey may be coming back. Hey, a c- couple interesting things here. A uh, couple interesting prospects to watch. Uh, Wesley Shaw, an offensive lineman who holds an offer out of Jesuit, Florida. And Sean Sevillano, a defensive lineman out of Florida. They both told me they plan to be there. They've got hotel rooms set, but they're waiting on the hurricane. They're, of course, they're, they're kind of you know they got to wait and see what's going on with that. But their plan is to be in Lawrence. But you know that that hurricane could change some of those plans. Um, another interesting uh, tell you what this is a pretty nice group of offensive linemen coming in. Jack Wilty, an offensive lineman from Iowa Central Community College, he holds an offer from KU. Um, Isaiah Kimma, an offensive lineman from Texas. Some people might remember him. His dad, Troy, worked in the football department and the academic department at KU. Um, so, you know, there's some there's some ties. He's used to live in Lawrence. And then we'll end it with this one. And, and I'm going to add, Randy, there's, I, I think there's going to be over 50, maybe 60 visitors again. So That's awesome. I will update names on the site. I'm going to confirm some more. I've got a few that I'm waiting on that I know are coming, and we'll talk about those on the site. But the last one I'll say is Hank Fuchs, offensive lineman from Free State. And if his name sounds familiar, it his, should. his dad is the offensive line coach at KU. So, mm-hmm. hey, he's a good player. And I'll tell you what, Fuchs has another son um, that was at camp. He was at the second camp. And I saw him, and he was going through drills, and he actually moved pretty well. Good feet. I think he's a young kid. I want to say he's a freshman. And this kid, I mean, he looks like he's about six, 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 seven. So, oh wow, Fuchs is like they—they they must be feeding those boys something. <laughs> it's a good thing he's got that good coach's salary to be able to feed them kids. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's either something in the water in the Fuchs house, or something's going on. But he's got—he's uh, got two kids that you have to watch for O lineman. But listen just some of these lists I'm bringing down and, and reading for unofficial visitors. It's been some pretty solid names that have been showing up in Lawrence, Kansas. And again, I think that's what some success can do. And the great thing is Randy, the guys last week, the guys this week, they're going to see really good environments. And that's big because that's what they're going to remember of attending KU games. That's the final word from our man, John Kirby, and that will do it for another edition of the pregame Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. 
We've got you ready for Saturday's homecoming matchup with the Iowa State Cyclones. We've talked about last week against Duke. We've looked ahead to, to Iowa State. We've brought on experts to talk about the Cyclones. We've given our predictions and we've talked about recruiting. Before we wrap it up, I want to take one more opportunity to thank our good friends from Team Driven Fundraising. If you are a coach and you have an athletic team, or if you're a teacher at a school and you're looking for help to raise money to keep kids involved in activities, reach out, teamdrivenfundraising.com. Fantastic people there. They support the Kansas Jayhawks. They support this podcast. Reach out, talk with them, see how they can help people in your community support your kids. For John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from jayhawkslant.com. We will talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from jayhawkslant.com. 